maybe yeah <laughs> good whatever it is Just great turn it on right before we roll yeah great seems to be good. <laughs> all right guys so we're speeding on the boat Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling into another episode of The Candace Owens Show, and this one is for you parents. I want you to pay really close attention to what I am going to be discussing in this episode. Whether you are a parent or you are going to be a parent, if you're planning on parenthood, this is a really important topic. Are we giving children mental disorders? We talk about the gender debate. This is something that we absolutely have to consider. Here to discuss this with me, a writer from the Wall Street Journal, Abigail Schreier. Thank you so much for joining The Candace Owens Show. Thank you so much for having me on. So this is a a topic that I have sort of been obsessed with. And when I say obsessed with it, I'm paying attention to it for a lot of reasons. Foremost, I'm about to bring, you know, children into this world. I'm 30, I'm about to get married, and I'd like to have a family. And what I'm seeing take a hold in society, what I'm seeing take a hold in the school system, what I'm seeing take a hold at homes, this is this is really scary stuff. It is. I mean, the Greeks have a word word for it, iatrogenesis, which is the, you know, the doctors basically introduce the disease. And, and there's no question that's happening with the transgender identification and transgender phenomenon. We're seeing numbers that we've never seen before. Um, this used to be something that happened naturally in a population, usually almost exclusively among boys and men. And it happened in about point, uh, a fraction of 0.01% of them. Now we have a situation in which 2%, according to the center for disease control, 2% of adolescents in high school are identifying as transgender. Right. So, and this can't make sense. And I was actually talking to Michael Knowles about this, how small the numbers are. And he was giving me um, an example of a woman who said that she had one trans child, a biological trans child. Chances of that happening, slim to none. But okay, let's say your child is trans. Then she adopted someone, adopted adopted a child. So it wasn't her biological child. And she said that child as well um, had, had was a, a trans child. The chances of this are just, it's its mathematically impossible that you had two trans children. So it begs the question, are you creating a climate, right, that is making your child, your, your children trans? And I think the answer is yes. Well, there's no question. Gender dysphoria, you know, there was always a small number of kids who were gender, who naturally had gender dysphoria. And what, over 80% of them outgrew it. Um, so what it meant is that young boys would say, I don't, I'm not a boy or I don't want to be a boy. I want to be a girl. Um, and it was more or less ignored and left alone over 80% of them would, would outgrow it. Today, we're getting the opposite. Um, teachers are teaching, there's new regulations in California, California that just came out that teachers in public schools will now be teaching, um, gen- various gender identities to kindergartners. They will be told they're not necessarily boys or girls, depending, no matter how they were born. They might be, they, they might be something else and they might get to switch or they might be needed. Um, we are sowing gender confusion. There is no doubt in the population. Um, and it's everywhere. The mental health professionals now affirm whatever stated identity um, an adolescent comes to them with. Oh, I feel like I might be a boy or I don't feel feminine today. And, the, and they'll tell them you're probably trans. Right. So I think what, what we can say happens is so you have an issue that's real, right? No one is denying that this issue is real. How, however small it may be, you do have some children um, that are, are gender dysphoric, right? But then what happens is that the conversation gets seized culturally, right? It gets perpetuated culturally. You have Hollywood that starts making it even trendy, right? When I have my child, Meghan Markle came out and said before her her son 
son was born, that when she has a child, she's going to allow the child to pick their gender, right? So she's almost saying, I don't have a son. I don't know what I have yet, but I'm going to find out. And then it almost becomes cool. And then the children start seeing it on the screens. The parents start thinking, this makes me a virtuous parent somehow. And I can now talk about how I let my children choose their gender. What is the impact that that has on your child? That's exactly right. I mean, imagine you had anorexic girls and they came to you, a parent, or they came to their teacher and they said, um, I really feel fat. Call me fatty. And the, and the legislator said, all right, you have a right to be called fatty by everyone. In fact, you have a right to demand liposuction. And, and that is not how we treated anorexia because we recognized it as a disorder and something to, 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 to deal with, something to give therapy to help someone get comfortable in their body and get comfortable with, with actually how they were. And, and in many cases, they weren't fat. They just had this dysmorphia. I had anorexia for five years. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had anorexia for five years. So this is definitely hitting home in terms of I acknowledge that this was something that wasn't right, right? There's something wrong with me, not wrong with society. I was viewing myself not as somebody that was fat. It was actually for me a control mechanism. But, you know, I did not expect the world to then around me get into line and see the world through, through you know, my eyes because my eyes were disrupted. I wasn't seeing things for what they are. And people don't cater to anorexics in the same way that we don't have people catering to people that have schizophrenia. Of course, we acknowledge that there are people that are schizophrenic. But imagine a world where society had to bend to what that schizophrenic was seeing or hearing. It's a, it's a huge problem because these girls are getting, it's lifetime hormone dependency. People don't realize that. They're setting children up. If they affirm this identity and instead of trying trying to help the child get comfortable in their gender identity, they're sending them up for lifetime dependency of hormones. Lifetime. They never get to go off them. And massive doses. We have no idea what the long-term effects are. Massive surgeries that have major complications. I have talked to, um, at this point, I've talked to dozens and dozens and dozens of parents and experts because I'm writing a book on the topic. Um, and I can tell you that these surgeries lead to all kinds of complications. We've seen that with Jazz Jennings. This is really radical and experimental surgeries. This is not setting them up up for a good life. Right. And I think what's what's really scary about it, and I've talked about this with several people, is that when I was a kid, I was a total tomboy. When I was in fifth right. grade, I used to run around and I wanted to be like the boys. Like I would wear like my baggy cargo pants and I'd run around with the guys because I just thought they were cooler. Like they were just having more fun. And fortunately for me, my parents didn't then go, oh, you're a boy. You know, obviously you're a boy, like you're not a girl. It just was like, I have this tomboy girl, she's running around. And then I went through puberty, I went to middle school and suddenly I was a girl and it was great. And I was like, you know what, I, I love being a woman and I was no longer wearing uh, baggy pants or running around with the guys. I was into makeup and I was into dating the guys, right? My parents never confused me. Right. It was just, you are a girl. Kids are weird. You know, sometimes kids wake up, they want to be Superman, they want to be Batman, they want to be a mermaid. Um, but my parents didn't encourage, they, they assigned order and structure in the household, right? When we went to church on Sundays, I had to wear a dress. That was just the way it was. And I thank goodness that we didn't grow up in this climate that was pretending that every child, every thought that a child had was accurate. That's exactly right. And every time I talk to a parent, they call me and they say, you know, the mo mother says to me, you know, I was a tomboy. Thank God no one said this to me. And I, you know, I was a tomboy. I was good at sports. I found boys more fun and less complicated than girls, uh, easier to deal with. And 
And no one ever said that there was something wrong about me because we didn't have this narrow idea of what an acceptable girl was. Right. And somehow we've allowed ourselves to be convinced that there's only a tiny a sliver of girlhood that's acceptable. That's what's really scary. And I think yeah. that culture plays such a role in this, right? So mm-hmm. when you turn on the TV now, you, you're seeing drag queens being glorified. I read a piece the other day. I, um, I can't remember in which publication it was in, but it was saying that they were bringing drag queens into an elementary school mm-hmm. uh, to show people that it's okay to ex- you know to experiment with your gender and, and to have fun. Well, yeah. what, th- what message does that send to a kid? Yeah. So when I was growing up, I would watch Cinderella and I wanted to be a princess instantly, right? So when you start uh, changing the cultural icons, you start changing the culture, you start changing the conversation, and you even start changing the pieces of legislation, right? right? And using harsh terms to describe people that don't have your viewpoint, like homophobe, like bigot like transphobe, are you actually creating a mind? Well, we know they are. And the reason we know this is because I think in 2007, there was one gender clinic. We are now up from from the years 2007 to today. We've now we're now over 50 uh, gender clinics in the United States, and Planned Parenthood across the country is giving out testosterone. We know Kaiser is giving out testosterone. The number of gender we've never seen anything like this. The demand is overwhelming. When you call a um, gender surgery. Uh, facility, as I have many times, they will tell you that their waiting list is in the hundreds. All of a sudden, the demand is massive. Wow. Is this child abuse? That's a great question, and it's a complicated one, and I'll tell you why. Because um, there's no question there are instances of child abuse involved, and there's no question that you have Munchausen syndrome by proxy, people who are passing on diseases to their children. But they're also, you know, I have spoken to sincere parents who are trying to do what's best for their kid, who are believing the media, who are believing their therapists who are telling them, look, this is gender dysphoria. You really need to help your child by transitioning. Don't worry. He'll be much happier happier as a girl. They're being lied to. And when I ask them, well, what about, you know, the effects of Lupron, which is a puberty blocker? What about all these, you know, the fact that we have no idea what testosterone is going to do to them long term, the fact that they may have permanent sexual dysfunction, which is very likely in a child who's put on these puberty blockers and then goes straight to cross-sex hormones. What about infertility? Sometimes they've never even heard of these things. Right. And no one's told them. And so does so uh, does brainwash remove culpability though? Does the are you suddenly if it is I was brainwashed an excuse to commit child abuse? Well, I, I will I'm not I'm not saying that everyone has an excuse. What I'm saying is that I feel for these parents. I feel for parents who are going to their doctors in good faith and saying, My kid wants to play in girls' clothes, what do I do? And and the, and then the doctor's telling them to transition their child. All right. So let me give you another example. Okay. I'm gonna take this to a different extreme and okay. we'll not talk it. about trans <laughs> because I think about this all the time. Does brainwash remove culpability, right? So when leftists target me on campus or come right. screaming at me or threaten my life because they've been brainwashed to believe that I'm actually perpetuating black, white supremacy, whatever that is, does that remove culpability? Um, An example of that in the past is the people um, that showed up when Ruby Bridges wanted to go in, you know, to school to desegregate and they showed up and they spit and they threw things, right? Mm. Well, they were a part of a culture that said that black people and white people were biologically different, that black people were stupid. They believed, and this was perpetuated by their political, their pieces of legislation that were that were put. This was perpetuated by the things that were taught in, in their school, and it was perpetuated by society. They believed that black people were less than them, right? So do do you part do we part in that behavior? Do you say, were those people actually racist or were they just brainwashed? I don't know the answer, by the way. No, it's a great question. It's a great question. Here's what I think. I think that 
when it comes to moral issues, right or wrong, thinking you're better than a people. I mean, we know that, that to be wrong and everyone should know better. Should know. They, they should. And you know what? I think they are more morally culpable for not acting on that because they really should know better. When you dehumanize another group of people based on their race or, or you know, based on religion, you, you, you really have an obligation to know better than that. That's wrong. But brainwash but, is one hell of a drug. It, it, it is. What, but, their science, in, the, in those eras, they had scientific right. papers and periodicals that were saying that black people just weren't, they, they were never going to be as smart as white people, that, that they just, it's a different breed. It, it, they were taught that there was was such a thing as subhumanity. I mean, that's why we need religion, to right. be honest. Right. I mean, that's just why we need religion, because it really inoculates you from a certain amount of this nonsense. You think that parents should know that boys are boys yeah. and girls are girls, right? And now you have parents that are going, nope, nope, inject my child with hormones, allow him uh, you know, to change his, his sexual gender. I can only tell you that I get calls from parents who feel so alone. They're afraid to lose their jobs. They're afraid to lose custody. Of their children, they're afraid to, which which has happened. They're afraid um, that if they don't go along with this, that they will that they will be um, well, well. They know that in many cases they've been undercut by their friends, undercut by their family who goes behind their back to help their child transition. These parents are so alone, mm-hmm. and so I do have a great deal of sympathy for parents who are fighting it and parents who don't know who are going along with it. I think that my my sympathy is consistent. I think no matter what the topic is, I think that people can be brainwashed and we don't talk enough about brainwash. We don't talk enough about what the the media, when they're in cahoots with the school system, when they're in cahoots with culture and Hollywood are capable of doing to the masses at a single time, right? And you can talk about this as far as racism. You could talk about this as far as Trump derangement syndrome, which gives people, you know, the authority and things that they can show up and they can they can be physically violent because they think that they're being virtuous. They are being told by society. They're being told by the media. They're being told by the public school system that their hate is virtuous. And it's all the same. It's all the same, right? So the idea that what you're doing is virtuous can almost convince you against common sense. I and that's what yeah. that's that's what scares me as someone who wants to have a family in this society. If you want to see brainwash, check out these young teenagers who suddenly decide they're transgender, having had no dysphoria in childhood, no reason to believe they they had any kind of natural organic dysphoria. They are so completely indoctrinated. They immediately cut off their families. They very often drop out of school. They are very often start tattooing themselves and using drugs, and they are creating a a, a world for themselves that is so healthy so built around sexuality and the they lose all their hobbies their only hobby is being transgender i mean that is it is brainwashed exactly as you say what do you think uh if you could predict the trend of where these children are going to end up as we see these numbers go up and as we see that people are going through gender reassignment surgery where do you see those kids in 20 years? Okay, so part of the reason I'm writing this book is, uh, this book is that I believe this is going to reverse. We're going to start seeing lawsuits because at, at some point, these girls are going to wake up. Now, after they go the, through the honeymoon, you know, they get really jacked and they go through the honeymoon period of getting on trans and it also makes them cloudy mentally. But at some point, they're going to wake up and they're going to say, I have no breasts. I am infertile. How could you let me do this? I was 16 when you started me. How could you do this to me? And they're going to start suing doctors, and they should. Right. So um, you think that that's what's going to happen? I do. I, I actually have uh, a darker inkling, um, and I, I. And by the way, I hope I'm wrong, but I think we're going to start seeing suicide rates go up. I think that, and we already know that trans people um, do have a higher suicide rate within the community. And I think that what we're going to see is they're going to say, "What is my life now? 
what is my life, right? I, I, my parents allowed me to make a decision when I was four years old that is now going to impact the rest of my life, right? I do not have breasts. I, I, I cannot have children. That these are these are natural elements that women aspire to, you know, later in life. Like that's to me is going to be the best chapter of my life, right? Are men going to look at me different? How do you explain that to a man on a date? Uh, yeah, I did have breasts, but my my parent allowed me to remove it. I think what we're going to start seeing is is that it leads to depression and and suicide rates. And I hope I'm wrong. No, no, no. I, I think, you know, you will do a greater or lesser degree be absolutely proved right. I mean, it, I've talked to a lot of detransitioners and desisters, women who have been on testosterone for years and gone off it or even a year. And let me tell you that the, the effects are permanent. That doesn't mean that some of them don't lessen, but they are, you know, they do become very sad. And, and in many instances, it is a, it is not an easy road. And this is not something you can just push a button on and undo. Um, so I, you know, I do think it leads to a lot of unhappiness. And the problem is, is exactly what you said. Girls aren't being told how wonderful it is to be a girl. And right. all those wonderful things that you just mentioned that they have to look forward to are not held up in society anymore no. as, as a positive and wonderful future, being married, having children. Those are some of the most fulfilling experiences in life. Right. And actually what's taken a hold in, in culture and society is this toxic form of feminism, which has emerged, which I do my best to speak to women about and let them know that that is a scam. You fall for that. That is a scam. If you believe that rejecting men, uh, rejecting order, not wanting to shower, you know, growing your armpit hair out is somehow freeing, right? If you believe that uh, making yourself sexually available to anyone and everyone and, and being promiscuous is going to somehow make you freer, you are going to be shocked when you wake up one day and realize that you have nothing that has actually fulfilled you because you've rejected it. You've rejected order and you have signed up for chaos uh, because we have, again, a culture, a society, and a media that perpetuates the idea that somehow conservative values are bondage and liberal values are freedom when it is in fact the opposite. I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, think back to your grandmother or I think back to my grandmothers and I think back to, you know, the idea that these women were less strong than women today is a joke. They were so strong. No men couldn't get away with anything with either of my grandmothers. And it wasn't because they were feminists. It's because they they, they had integrity and they knew right from wrong. Okay. And you couldn't push them around. And today you have these Me Too women who say, you know, these young women who are follow you call themselves feminists. They wear the, you know, fuchsia hats and they say, oh, I couldn't stand up to so-and-so because he he had a job that was superior to mine. And I just think, wow, my grandmothers would have never fallen for that. Why are young women today being right. pushed around? Right. And they are being pushed around and they're pretending that we're, get, we're gaining more and more power when in fact we're losing it. You know, I said this to you off record, but it seems to me that the patriarchy, right, the big scary patriarchy might be winning. Feminists are just letting them win when you talk about the trans debate and you, you say now we're inviting biological men to compete with women. You're sending women progress in sports back a hundred years, right? Okay. To a man, you could be mediocre at sports and you can dominate this category thanks to feminism. That's right. Feminisms um, in the United States has been a disgrace, honestly, uh, around this issue. They have let wi- biological men into women's safe spaces, battered women's shelters, prisons. No one is standing up for girls in sports. They are letting b- biological boys completely dominate girls' sports so that girls are saying, why bother? 
This is a, it's really an outrage. They are handing out girls' right and women's rights they fought for, for equality, and they're just giving it out because another group is demanding that they, they get certain privileges. Right, because they, they think that there's something virtuous about inviting everybody to be whatever and to say whatever and, and lacking structure when in fact what you're doing is actually harming uh, any, any women's movement that there would possibly be. Men are winning. You think that because you say you're going to be promiscuous and you want to be like a guy and you want to go out and you want to put your body out there and 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 you know let men see your breasts when you're when you're upset or put it on Instagram you think men are going to be upset about that no they they're sitting back and they're going uh Okay. <laughs> That's right. And people always say to me, well, why would it, you know, you don't think that transgender is a real thing. Why would a man walk into a woman's bathroom or a woman's prison to, to harm a woman? And I would say, you know, forget about transgender individuals for a second. Think about a convict, okay? Why would he possibly not just decide to identify as transgender so that he gets to go to a woman's prison. Right, that's He'd exactly be out of right. his mind to say he's a man. Let me tell you the percentage, a lot higher percentage of sexual predators in the world than there are people that are trans. And right. yet you're, you're curating the world so that to accommodate the trans person and not to accommodate the people that you should be keeping safe that's from right. sexual predators. Yeah. I mean, the world is just, it's, it's upside down. And, and it, it really scares me. And I put this question to my fiance all the time. It's like, how are we going to raise our kids when, when mental disorder becomes the norm, right? When people are now saying that if you see that this is a circle table that we're in front of, if you see that this is a microphone that we're speaking into, you're a bigot. You're crazy. Something's wrong with you, Abigail. It's, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem because we've seen that this is a pure contagion. Le research, you know, public health researcher Lisa Littman looked into this and I she love found this. that. I love this phrase, pure contagion. Yeah. you want to talk about that? Sure. So kids get this from other kids, right? It becomes very fashionable to identify as transgender or non-binary or pansexual today in schools. They're taught it in schools. They join their Gay Straight Alliance, the GSA. And instead of being just a safe haven for, you know, gay students, what it really often is, is a time to, you know, a an opportunity to indoctrinate kids who are in, who have high anxiety, they have depression, and they're in a lot of pain, and to tell them maybe their problem is that they're really a boy trapped right. in a girl's body. They are getting so confused. They're getting confused at schools. They're getting confused in the university. Right, and and I think that you're right, is that it becomes trendy, and they almost use it as a Band-Aid, right? Like, maybe there is something else going on, right? Maybe there's something that this person is trying to talk to you about or something that's making them upset, but because you've accepted that this is it, it's got to be this, you know, once we you go through all this hormone therapy, you're going to be fine. You may be actually avoiding other underlying issues. And I think this is what my gay creative director was getting at when he says some people just, you know, are, are searching for paternity. They've, or they've, they've had something happen to them and they're looking for, for structure in their lives. And I spoke about this. I've, I've, you know, I've had a few gay people on my show and they say, yeah, that's totally true, you know, and, and we're actually not addressing other issues when we just say that everybody in society is this or everybody in society is that. Um, and assuming that, you know, everybody has to be either trans, lesbian, gay, you know, maybe some people are, are going through other things that we should be talking about as well. No, oh, that's a brilliant point. The pressure on children, young children, adolescents to identify before they have any idea who they are is massive. And then you have, you're, you're absolutely right, they go to a mental health professional. And we now have conversion therapy bans in many states. I think it was at last count 14. And they're, and they're saying that mental health professionals can lose their license if they try to convert a kid with gender dysphoria into accepting their biological gender. So 
mental health professionals are effectively powerless to say to a kid who's got anxiety, depression, who's cutting, who's got all kinds of issues, you know what? It may not be dysphoria that's the problem. Let's address these other things. Right. They can't do that. That that freedom's being taken away from them. Right. And I mean, are there, and I don't know the answer to this, are there steps that they have to take before they commit uh, to having gender reassignment surgery? Because that is just so permanent. It, It really scares me. Um, not anymore. Um, it depends what, you know, first of all, for testosterone, you you go into a clinic and you sign a form and you you get it. You get testosterone. Children. Okay. So as young as in Oregon, the age of medical consent is 15. A 15-year-old can, you know, um, run away from their parents and go get testosterone. And the problem is these kids go through this period, they are suffering, they are in pain, and they want testosterone now because they want to fix their problem. Right. And they can get it. And they're being told by a media that's circulating that this is it. You're going to be fine. Every Everything's going to be great. And they never want to tell the other stories. They never want to give a platform. They will instantly give a platform to someone who says, um, you know, I'm a man and, uh, you know, I'm a woman, but I identify as a male. But they will not hand the platform to someone who says, I made a major mistake by undergoing a surgery. And it turns out that I was actually just going through emotional issues. Um, Or, you know, it turns out that I didn't know what I was talking about, right? (laughs) I had no idea I was talking about. It just became trendy for a moment. And until you're willing and, and, and able to have an open dialogue that includes all sides, all perspectives, and all conclusions, um, you are going to see uh, – you're going to be turning people towards something that's very drastic and ultimately really harmful for their futures. Yeah, and, and they do regret. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of regret out there. And the reason, and I've interviewed many, many desisters and detransitioners, and there's regret because kids are dumb. I mean, we all were, right? They make – you know, decisions, you know, fairly impulsively. Right. And very adults often are they dumb. regret that. Right. <laughs> adults true. are dumb. So, you know, I mean, yeah, like, that's exactly I right. don't want every thought that I have right. to suddenly be like, you know, you you, you need to, to think, you need to debate, <laughs> you need to have a discussion sometimes, even with yourself as an adult. So imagine just giving credence to everything a child right. says or does. And I talked to wonderful transgender adults who had to go, who had a process. So these are people who are older. And they say to me over and over, you know what, this is how I'm most comfortable. But I have to tell you something. I went through years of therapy before I made this decision. What in God's name is going on with these these young kids? I would love to have a conversation with a trans person that realizes the harms and in, in letting uh, children decide so soon and talking about their journey. Because as I said, I acknowledge that there are people that have gender dysphoria. Um, and uh, But I do think that this increase that we're seeing should send signals to people um, to let them know that we are now le- allowing this to permeate culture and anything that permeates culture can become a trend. And, and this is not, this is not like buying Reeboks or buying sneakers or wearing bell bottoms, okay? This is a trend that you, you can always burn pictures of you wearing bell bottoms, right? You can't always just, you cannot go back from having, you know, your gender reassigned. Right. This is so much worse than a tattoo. Right. Because first of all, they never get there. They never become a boy or a girl. And the surgeries are extremely dangerous. They're extremely experimental. We don't know what long-term testosterone use for a girl does to a bo- to the girl's body. We have no idea. We've never seen it before. Right. Um, the the doses are massive. In order to get give the girls the the changes that that um, that they're seeking, they have to give them testosterone doses we've never given to people before, and we've never given it for the length of time we're we're starting to give it now. Right. I mean, like I I took birth control for two weeks and I couldn't take the hormone levels. Like I'm. <laughs> 
was like, I freaked out. My whole body freaked out. And that's supposed to be low right. level of hormones right. every single day. I was like 16. I was like, eh, right. not for me. Um, so I, I can only imagine what that – it made me emotional. It made me, yeah. you know, moody. And, you know, I know we are comparing apples and oranges because you're talking about low level um, of, of what you're getting in a birth control pill. But I felt the impacts of that when I was, uh, you know, 16 years old instantly. No, instantly. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great point. I mean, these are massive <laughs> doses. It makes kids edgy, angry, and it makes them very cloudy-headed. Right. They, they lose some long, uh, short-term memory. They have trouble remembering things. Um, and, and the problem is then they go on to make even more major decisions about their bodies, and they're already very, very cloudy. Right. What what sort of uh, flack do you catch for having this discussion and and, and pers- <laughs> continually pursuing to have discussion you know, because it's a very important discussion to have? You know, it's one of these things. I didn't go seeking this. Um, a reader wrote to me. Someone wrote a pe- read a piece of mine in the Wall Street Journal and said, could you please take on this topic? My daughter went through this, please. And at first, I put her in touch with a, a, an investigative reporter because I, you know, I usually write opinion journalism. I thought this wasn't my bag. But I kept waiting for the article that was going to blow this thing, blow the top off this thing, and I never saw it. But I did something funny. I told the woman, I said, look, I'm going to pass you on to someone else, but I'll pray for you and your daughter. So every week I would light the Sabbath candles with my daughter and I would pray for the woman. And I never, she was never far from my mind as a result. So, um, you know, I waited, I think, four months and nothing, not, the article I was waiting for never came. So I got back in touch with her. I said, all right, I'll do it. Right. Give me your story. And then you... It- kind of became a passion for you. A little bit. I mean, right. I, you know, I, I've talked to so many of these parents. I feel like I know them. I feel like I could be one of them. Right. I mean, it's not hard to imagine. They, uh, these, the, the kids who suddenly find this at school, the parents didn't do anything wrong. Right. I, I mean, let me just say, I will, I will be the worst parent for the education system if you tried confusing my child. I mean, I don't play that game. I've, you know, in, in my household, you know, there there's going to be structure, there's going to be order. And if my child goes to a school where they are trying to confuse, you know, confuse my child, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be that parent that's in the principal's office every single day. I will be making public statements. I will be, I will make things as public as possible because I think it's wrong. It is wrong for, for students and for, for professors to be raising your children to be confused, to be saying it to a kindergarten class that you can be a boy today and you can be a girl tomorrow. Where are the parents on this? Why aren't parents speaking up against this? They're try- it's very hard. I mean, the Equality Act, Where? what about the Democrats' responsibility? The right. Equality Act just passed universally among all the de- Democrats in the House. So they are willing to fritter, fritter away girls' and women's private spaces. They're giving away girls' sports, allowing biological men in. This is their plan. Now, we're going to stop it with a Republican president and a Republican Senate. But what happens when we don't have that? Right. They keep bringing this up. They can't wait to bring this into the schools. And you're seeing this. De Blasio California, has already passed all kinds of regulations in schools. They will... The public schools now, if you if your child says, I don't know, I think, please call me, I think I might be a boy, please call me by the a boy's name and pronouns, they don't inform the parents. That's... That makes absolutely no sense to me. Mm-hmm. How can you not inform the parents when the when the don't you need parental consent? The contempt for the parents is palpable. Wow, wow. So it makes it harder for parents to speak up. I th- I think that they it's, don't even know. In I many cases, crucial. they don't even know that the whole school has been calling their child by this other name for a year. Wow. I, I, it, this is why it's so crucial for parents to speak out. I don't care if you make a YouTube video. I don't care. I mean, use whatever whatever you have, you know, to get the word out about what's going on in the school system because there are so many dangerous ideas that are being perpetuated as fluff, right? They're pretending it's, it's gentle and it's light when you talk about, oh, you can be this day, you can be that tomorrow. No, you can't, right? You can be whoever you want one
one day a year that's Halloween, okay? <laughs> in my household. <laughs> okay? In my household. Uh, you, you can be whatever you want. Right. Um, but I, for me, I think even in terms of uh, play dates, right? Even if you are raising your kid to be whoever, you know, to, to be, to have structure and to believe that black is black and white is white and, you know, that, that there are circles and shapes and they can't be altered just because you have a different opinion. Um, what about when you send your kid on a play date? Like, do you have to now, I have to think about like, is this parent mentally stable for this play date? Yeah. What goes on in this household, right? Because we're seeing this, this uprising trend of parents that think I am the best parent in the entire world. I am such a good parent that I allow my child to do whatever he wants, which literally means you're allowing the inmates to run the prison. Yes, and also your, your, the internet is playing a big role in this. The number of gurus available for your children on the internet, a lot of these parents who call me, they say the worst thing I ever did was get my kid an iPhone. I had no idea wow. she was going on. She was. These are sometimes lonely kids. Loneliness is, we've never seen so many kids report loneliness. Uh, psychologist Jean Twenge has, has, has reported on this and studied this. They are so lonely, adolescents today, they spend a lot less time with each other and a lot more time online. And the problem is they are being taught and preached to by kids who say, giving myself this shot of testosterone was the best thing that ever happened to me. All my social anxiety went away. I feel so empowered now. And kids kids are believing this. Wow. And, the, and let me tell you, those people won't get banned from Facebook like us conservatives <laughs> do, right? Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Isn't it amazing what's allowed to flow? And yet it's considered, if you talk about conservative principles, it's like you have to go. Yeah. I mean, we're, we live in a strange time. And, and I just think that the most important thing that we can do is to have the discussion. And people are, are so fearful to have the discussion because they're afraid of being labeled or they're afraid of being deplatformed or they're afraid of not being liked. But when you, you have to think about what we have, uh, what we have potentially what we could lose if we don't have these discussions. Um, and, and to lose an entire generation of kids and to have an entire generation of kids being given mental disorders, I mean, that's, that's a high risk. It is. I mean, I, you know, I, I agree with you there. And, and and unfortunately, you know, we're having fewer children. We don't have a lot of people with sense about children. I mean, it really, it really sharpens the mind to have children because you realize all these things that sound good on paper, you, you see them a lot differently when you have your own, your own children and you realize, gosh, I can make a child believe anything. Right. And also kids are confused about everything when they start out. You have to give them structure. This is why predators prey on the young. Yeah. Because children are naturally confused because children don't know anything and because you can make them believe anything. This is why children believe in Santa Claus. This is why children believe in the Easter Bunny, because they are wildly imaginative and they're and they're hopeful. Um, but you you cannot I think uh in this regard we're having a system that is acting uh predatory to children. It's, we have a system that is no longer protecting and serving children, um, but harming them. And ultimately, the question is why? Why? What was wrong when, when it was girls like pink and boys like blue? What was wrong with a little bit of structure? Why are we poisoning things that have worked? Because people with gender dysphoria want to see more of them. They want to see more people with gender dysphoria. It's comforting to them. So why, why are the politicians seizing this? They grew up in a world where things, it just worked, right? Because so they, why are they, they care more it? about their intersectional bona fides than they do about children or Virtually. a society. Yeah. Because they don't have policies that work. So they make it seem like they're progressive, that they're moving the world forward. Right. This is now, all right, well, we've, we've done gay marriage. What's the next, what's the next thing we can go after? That's Trans, right. it's never ending. They will always, they are always going to try to mine some social issue, no matter how big or how small, take advantage of it, seize the conversation and get people to vote to them because they are the ones that are fighting for the little man. This is sort of the left's whole, this is their whole brand. 
Right. Yeah, and they've completely given up on women and girls. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. They have completely sold them out. Right. Well, I, I've said that feminists have sold women out long yeah. before. Forget the patriarchy. The problem is toxic fem feminists. I mean, like, forget toxic masculinity. The problem has been for women toxic feminists um, and them selling women a lie and us not being able to embrace what actually does make us happy, what actually does keep us wholesome. So we end every episode of this show by allowing you to speak into this camera. Okay. Right? You're going to get two minutes okay. and you get to say whatever you want to the world. You have to pretend that every single person in the world will hear it and they'll say, yes, that is the gospel. That is the truth that I just got from Abigail Schreier. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> On your mark, get set, world. Here is Abigail Schreier. <laughs> you know, today we're, we are seeing an assault on girls and girlhood. Um, they are experiencing, we know that adolescent girls are experiencing a giant spike in anxiety, depression, and, and experiencing what, you know, psycho psychologist Jonathan Haidt has called a mental health crisis. At the same time, we have never seen a higher incidence of transgender identification among adolescent girls. We actually never seen this before. It was always something that afflicted boys. And now all of a sudden, a majority of those adolescents who are identifying as transgender 2% of high school students, according to the Center for Disease Control, are identifying as boys, transgender boys. These are girls who are opting out of girlhood entirely because they have bought the lie that there is some right and wrong way to be a girl. We need to take back girlhood. We need to stop terrifying these girls, telling them that men are, that masculinity is toxic and that they need to be afraid of half the population. We need to stop telling them that because they're good at math or a little tomboyish or even have same sex attraction, that they are less of a girl. It's not true. Parents need to stop relying on mental health professionals to tell them whether their girl, daughter is the right kind of girl. You know better than that. And girls, stop listening to other people when it comes to what the right kind of girl is. Whatever kind of girl you are is the right kind of girl. You get to decide what kind of girl and woman you want to be. Awesome. 35 seconds left. Amazing. Thank <laughs> okay. you so much for stopping Thank you by for the having Candace me. Owen Show. Oh, it was great to be here, really. Thank you. Yeah, such a good conversation. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.